This programme was first broadcast on Otago Access Radio and made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. If you tune into Otago Access Radio every second Thursday at 3 o'clock, you'll know my next guest, naturopath Francisca Griffin, hosts Being Healthy Naturally on Otago Access Radio. It's a guide to living well. It's about discovering simple things that you can do to make a positive difference in your own life. And joining me now is Francisca Griffin. Good to have you with us on the show, Francisca. Thanks for coming in. Good morning, Jeff. Tell us uh, for a start, Francisca, what... um, what was the path that led you to choosing to, to take this role in life? This path started when I was 22 and my then boyfriend was uh, diagnosed with acute myeloblastic leukemia. Um, the hospital didn't do very much for him, or it didn't seem like they were doing very much for him. Um, so we started down a path of yoga and uh, juicing, vitamin C therapy, reflexology, things like that. And um, I got sidetracked into rock and roll for a few years and then uh, decided in my late 30s that I would, I would study for a uh, diploma in naturopathy. And here I am now. Were there any mentors for you along the way, examples of people who were, were really inspirations for you? Uh, a colleague of mine, Suhari Momsen Bohm, she is yeah, she uh, pretty much helped me through my study. She was uh, I had to study via correspondence because the only uh, residential college in New Zealand is in Auckland, or was in Auckland. I'm not sure if there's any more now. Uh, I don't think so. Um, and I had no support systems in Auckland, so I couldn't go up there with two small children. And so I studied here with uh, by correspondence, and and Suhari really, she just yeah, she kept me going really. That um, that first experience of sort of exploring this world under very difficult circumstances. Mm. Um, you know, what what was it? Uh, what were the positive things that came out of that that really convinced you that there was something here? Martin was in the hospital, and um, this was uh, he'd been there for a week, and um, the uh, hospital had um, given him a dose of chemotherapy that just uh, it almost killed him way back then. Uh, um, sorry, not leukemia. Chemotherapy was like a, dr- a blunt in- instrument, and mm. I, I know that it's not like that anymore. Uh, he did also have the worst form of leukemia you can possibly have, and it was really far advanced. He, um, yeah, he just looked like he was going to die in that bed. Uh, and I went away that night uh, home because there was, there was, of course, no way I could stay in the hospital. They, um, so came back the next afternoon after work, and our friend Hank Vandervis had sent his mum in to see Martin in the hospital, and. Whatever it was that she did, using yoga breathing and something with her arms, I, she pulled all this stuff out of him. Um, I heard later on from Hank that Margaret's arms blistered to her elbows from that. Uh, and, and, of course, she got better. But I, I, when I went in that afternoon, he was sitting up in bed. He had a big grin on his face. He wanted some food, and he was ready to go, which... Astonished me because he looked dead the day before, like he was going to die. And so I just, I started yoga breathing. I was leaning up against the window and I just started doing this deep breathing, just 
I think she was there. I can't really, I can't actually remember. And and, I, and I, that was it. The next day I found out about yoga, started doing yoga and meditating every day, started into juice therapy, started, learned about, um, went and started a massage course. And I think that it was with Sunny Chin. Um, that was just prior to Martin's first visit up to uh, Masterton. So he went, we both went up there um, and he, so that he could, we hoped, recuperate. He didn't recuperate, but that's all another. That's the other end of that story. Mm. Uh, he did. He yeah. He just did really well. We in in retrospect, we should have found somebody like I am now. Uh, if anybody who is out there listening and going on this journey themselves find yourself a knowledgeable practitioner to help you out, if we, I think I, I'm not. You know, I don't like doing what ifs. Things may have been different if we'd done that. Have you, as a practitioner now, been in that situation with other families? I have. I have. And it is, it's heartening and disheartening and heartbreaking. All those three heart things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just an, it's, it's an honor to, that people come to me and say, please help. Part of um, the path you've taken has also included developing your own skincare products, and that was relatively early on the piece too. That was the other thing. I went to uh, Tapui Books, which at the time wasn't just a children's bookstore. It was a uh, it was like Pathfinder Books in Auckland. All those esoteric um, alternative medicine hippie things, um, and. I got this book, Cosmetics and Fragrances for New Zealanders by Elizabeth Frank, and in it was a recipe for cold cream, uh, which is a really, it's a, a very, very old recipe. It's a 3,000-year-old recipe. The basis of it is uh, um, from Greece, uh, and uh, I put a bit of lanolin in it. That was the, That's the thing that turns it into cold cream. Um, Older lady listeners out there will remember maybe their grandmothers using cold cream on their faces mm. to take off makeup to and to, to clean their faces. They didn't use soap. Uh, so I made this jar of cream, and I, it was amazing. It was so cool. So, yeah, I, I kept making my own and just my own and then thought in, the, I think it was early 90s, that I'd, that I'd start a business, which was insane. Cosmetics, you know, hmm. um, the cosmetics industry is just gigantic. So I did make New Zealand's very first all-natural ingredient gardener's cream. I didn't, however, have a gigantic advertising budget. So, <laughs> you know, I still sell it. I sell bits and pieces of it, and the people that buy it just go, they love it. They absolutely adore it. Do you keep tweaking the recipes on these kind of things? Uh, I do. I don't tweak the recipes on the, the my four main ones. They're, they're the am, ambrosia, it's called, uh, for your hair, for your hands, for your skin, and garden. the gardener's cream. I do make, um, as you know, a fantastic moisturizer, and so I tweak that as I go. And that's only two jars at a time. And I make that to order for people. But I also, um, apart from the cosmetic side, I make therapeutic ointments for whatever is needed. So they're tailored pretty much precisely to whatever the problem is. So <clears throat> along the way, 
you're exploring the properties of, of, of plants, not only in, in the use of the, your skin care products, but also in, in, in dealing with people uh, in terms of what they take into their bodies. Oh, it's always um, fascinated me in this day and age when you, when you think about the health properties of plants. Presumably there are a strong plants and weaker ones, and <clears throat> we're having an impact on how... Uh, effective those plants can be. What 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 do you do to make sure that you're getting the very best to use in your products and to advise people about? I advocate if people are going to use plants that they grow or that are, that grow themselves um, in their gardens that they do not use sprays, that they don't use fertilizers, they don't use anything artificial, and that they use lots of compost that's well made. Um, sprays that you make out of uh, you make can make green manure sprays and you can make green manure um, liquid fertilizer. You just to husband your garden in a holistic a, a holistic way. We've talked on this program before about about weeds, in fact, and about uh, some of the beneficial properties of weeds. That's still something you're very passionate about. Absolutely. Uh, my friends, Lynn and Russell, um, they they really cranked up my, my gardening, my love of gardening when I first moved to Port Chalmers. Um, they came not long after I'd moved in and helped me do my first clearing in my incredibly overgrown, chaotic garden. And I remember Lynn saying, weeds are just plants, or it might have been Russell, weeds are just plants that are in the wrong place. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, you know, like docks and dandelions can really get in the wrong place if you've got them in amongst rocks and you can't get them out. But they are really useful. Um, an- another thing that is very interesting that, that I, I've started really paying attention to over the last, mm, oh, actually, yeah, 20 or so years is that when your body needs a plant, it just kind of starts making itself known to you. Do you know what I mean? You start seeing it everywhere start it just it, it's you're almost tripping over it and it could be a good idea to learn about that plant and see if there's anything it can do for you we've heard a, a bit of your own story and um, what about when you consider the people who come to you as as clients uh, are there any kind of commonalities in their stories making that decision to seek out the help of a naturopath one uh, Sometimes a really positive commonality is that they want to take charge of their own health, that they are, they look, they've been looking for things to help them, answers to their questions, and so and because they want to be the best, they want to be as healthy as they possibly can. I do get people that also in, in, a, in a not so positive way that come to me a not so positive commonality that come to me as a last resort, and that is that is that is actually one of the most difficult parts of my job, and that is when someone comes with, for example, stage four cancer. There, there's a little bit of help. There's palliative care that I can mm-hmm. help with, and yes, of course, there are people that have come back from stage four cancer. Absolutely, I'm sure somebody's yelling at the radio right now. Um, but they're often, it's a last-ditch thing. They come and they go, please fix me. I can't, I can't fix a person. That's one of the things I tell everybody. I can't fix you. I'm going to help you 
fix yourself. Mm. Tell us a little bit more about that front end of your relationship with a client. What you know, what do you do to find out the things that you need to know to help them out? Okay, so it takes an hour. We sit down and I point out to them on my wall there all my certificates and things because um, our uh, my profession isn't recognised uh, by the government, and so it's you can just put up a, a tile and say you are one. It's a good idea, people out there, if you're going to go and see a naturopath, to make sure they have qualifications and see them. Look for them when you go to their clinic. So we sit down. Um, I make them drink water. <laughs> Here, have a glass of water. Uh, and we take an hour. The first thing I ask is, uh, you know, after the, the usual birth date, uh, address, that sort of thing, is how can I help? All right, so that goes up at the top of the card. And then... We talk about their medications, what medications they're on, supplements they're on, their medical history, and then I go through their entire body with them and seeing how it works. And then at the end, uh, then we talk about uh, what they eat on a daily and weekly basis. And then at the end, I come back to the question and then refer the things that I've, you know, that I've marked, as it were, through the body systems back to whatever it is that they want to address. How do you measure the efficacy of your own work? That is a really interesting question. Of course, it, I guess it's, uh, it could, it, I mean, it's probably the same in every um, healthcare profession where you, you prescribe something for somebody or you do a bit of body work or some acupuncture or you send them to the chemist or whatever it is you do. You, or you do the, you know, whatever. Uh, they go away and they never come back. So you don't know. Yeah. <laughs> You've got no idea. It's great when I have a follow-up appointment and someone comes back and goes, yay, it's working, that's fantastic. But n- not often, but sometimes they'll come for, um, like, for example, a few years ago, through maybe I'm not sure how many years ago, this young woman came with um, some difficulties and... She was super keen to just do everything she could to help herself. So I prescribed all these things, and I said, well, this is going to cost you a lot of money. She said, I don't care. You just give it to me. And this young woman went away. Three weeks later, she, she didn't come back, but three weeks later, I heard from a friend of hers that it was a mutual acquaintance, as it were, that she just thought I was amazing. She was better. She's better than she'd been in her whole life. And it was just, it was really, really good to hear. So, yeah, that's the hardest that's one of the hardest things is when people go away because I, I don't have a measurement. Mm. I suppose that in the same way that people can take on board advice from um, medical professionals, people can do the same with your advice, take it or leave it. That's absolutely right. Your radio show, Being Healthy Naturally, here on Otago Access Radio, uh, addresses simple things that people can make uh, do to make a difference in their life. So that's essentially the same approach that you take with your work with clients? Absolutely. One, one thing I didn't mention uh, before was that uh, when, when we come to the end of the appointment and I've prescribed whatever, I, I also give them three things to do, whether they be whatever, please don't use your microwave or drink more water, don't have any white bread, right? So that's three things, and I send them away. They come back two or three weeks later. And we see how they've gone with those three things. And I let I get them to just do those three things because it is so much easier to integrate things really slowly into your life. 
than it is to go home um, and just, you know, go racing into this thing. And most people will go racing into it with their 10, 11, 12, 20 things to do. And they'll, they'll, they'll go for it for six weeks and then they'll just slowly work their way back to where they were. Whereas if I get them to change this and then change this, and sometimes it doesn't work and you have to modify it a little bit, help them modify it a little bit. And so as they slowly change, their outlook changes, their how they are changes. So tell us about the approach you're taking with the show. What are you trying to achieve? I did, Getting people to realize that they can empower themselves and they can use these things, but also to get these get people to know that um, you know when you said before about weak plants and strong plants, okay, so I would call them more gentle plants and strong plants. So lots of plants um, have, many, many, many plants have the ability to work in a body. Uh, of course they do. We live on this planet and there are plants. Um, they can They can help, but they can also hinder and they can also cause harm. For example, I was talking with a client yesterday about elderflower. So they dried the flowers, or they had dried flowers or dried them, I can't remember exactly, and so they made a tea with the flowers. But if you make a tea with the leaves, you will kill yourself. They are highly poisonous. So anybody out there doing elderflower or elderberry, anything, that's all you do, flowers, berries only. No bark, no leaves, no pulp. And so... These are the kind of simple messages that you're using the program to to disseminate. Yes, because plants are amazing things, but just because they're plants does not make them benign. When you look back at um, past episodes, uh, episodes of the program, and you might not remember them all, but what, what are some of the topics that you have covered so far? Well, my first show was about water, breathing, and happiness. Which are three things. Three we, things. Yeah, three things, exactly, and that we forget about. People forget that uh, water is, well, water is essential. Our bodies are between 60 and 70% water. And if you keep that running through, then your body functions much, 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 much better. We don't breathe properly. We might breathe into the top of our lungs, but we need to, we need to fill our lungs and, and envisage the air, the air, the oxygen, the carbon dioxide, all the rest of those gases going all the way out to our toes and to our fingers because, of course, it's needed right out to our toes and fingers. And happiness is another thing. I've got this saying on my wall that says, we're all so busy trying to get a happy life that we forget about the happy moments, but that's what a life is, is happy moments all glued together. Uh, Some of the rest of the shows have been about uh, weeds in your garden and and also some cultivated plants. my show just before Christmas is about stress, <laughs> and uh, I still haven't listened to it because I was so stressed while I was doing the show <laughs> that I had to I had to naturopath myself as I was doing it uh, and take my own advice I had there on the paper in front of me. So that was that was that was good fun. So why radio? What 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 have you got to say about it as a means of um, spreading the good word, as it were? I, I've had a column in the Rothsay News, a West Harbour uh, community newspaper, for I think four years now, four or five years. And some people read it and they just love it. So um, when um, 
Leslie Paris suggested that I come and do a show. I thought I I did think about it for a couple of months, and then thought, yeah, that'd be great uh, because not only am I live every second Thursday, but uh, people can access it via podcast, and it's good information to have there in front of them or in their ears all the time, and it's um, regular. And it's small. It's just a half-hour show, which is, I think, a good size for people to take in. Um, it might just start glazing over after half an hour, <laughs> 26 minutes. It's it's awesome. And I get to play music I like. Well, you mentioned music, and you mentioned your diversion into it. Uh, and you're still, uh, I take it, um, immersed in some way. Of course, uh, for those of you who don't know, Francisca was, uh, for quite some time, um, Fantastic bass player and sometimes vocalist with Look Blue Go Purple back in the day, as we used to say, but also other bands and other outfits. Um, where is music in your life at the moment? I, I'm i still playing. I'm actually playing next weekend at Chicks Hotel on Saturday night. There you go. Good timing there, yep. Francisca. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, um, I started a, re- a record. Uh, well, I hope it's going to be a record. I'd love for it to be vinyl. Uh, started a record last April, and we're about two thirds of the way there, maybe halfway there. I, you know, with recordings, as you well know, Jeff, it's really hard to tell where you are. Well, that's exciting to hear. You'd be yeah. pleased about that. And uh, my youngest son Gabriel is my drummer. Nice. Yeah. Keep it in the family. Absolutely. Well, it's great to have you as part of the Otago Access Radio family, Francisca. Thank you for coming in this morning and and giving us uh, an overview of your own position uh, and of your program. Uh, being healthy naturally on Otago Access Radio. Just remind listeners when it's on, Francisco. Next Thursday at 3pm. I think that is the 27th. Sounds about right. And fortnightly thereafter. And of course, as Francisco's mentioned, you can uh, find the show on podcasts on our website, www.oar.org.nz and also on iTunes. And uh, I do recommend if you've got iTunes, you can hop on board there and you can subscribe to the show. And then time, every time a new episode goes up, it'll automatically download to whatever device you might be listening to it on. Thanks for joining us this morning. Thanks, Jeff. This program was first broadcast on Otago Access Radio and made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air.